the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. And with my good friend, Baron Wiley. Oh, I never get introduced. That's nice. <laughs> you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. I am Baron Wiley. Pastor Sean Azaro is in the house. And I am, uh, this is going to be a very, very important podcast and yeah. radio show, Pastor yeah. Sean. Let's just go ahead and tell them who's coming on today. Uh, a little bit later in our program, we are going to have Alan Parker. Alan Parker is a pro-life attorney. He's with the Justice Foundation and Operation Outcry. And he has his whole life and his professional career has been devoted to pro-life legislation. And so he's one of the just experts on the issue. And, and so we are very fortunate to have him. And he's actually going to be here in the studio with us. So, so that's exciting. So we, we put on some nicer clothes. Today. Yeah, no, I love that you're wearing, you know, you're wearing a sl- sleeves on your shirt. Uh, Pastor Sean, as we're getting ready for Alan Parker to, to arrive, the topic of abortion, the pro-life movement, you've seen it from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, Roe v. Wade was 1973. Yeah. And, and you were 20 at the time? No. <laughs> I was 11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, and as an 11-year-old, you're not really paying attention. People, the adults aren't talking to you about it as much, you know, and things like that. But, yeah, as I grew older and be- it kind of came onto my radar, you know, on one hand, you've got family members who are pregnant. And it's good news. It's exciting. And you're waiting for the baby. And on the other hand, you're hearing about people who are terminating the pregnancy. And, you know, it's like, wait a minute, what do you mean terminating? Well, taking the baby's life and people didn't say that but come to find out that's actually what was happening so obviously we have a pro-life stance and we're a fellowship that believes that god forms every child in their mother's womb he has a plan and a purpose and so we really believe life is sacred we believe it is a sin to take a human life you know when you start talking about murder and killing people obviously yeah well we believe that regarding the unborn and so I'm looking forward to talking with Ellen. It's going to be a great conversation because uh, there's a whole lot of news, a lot of things that are moving and shifting in this conversation. And I don't, I think a lot of us probably were wondering if that would ever be possible. Uh, did you ever think it'd be possible? You know, Baron, I believe anything's possible with the Lord, but, right. but in the natural, I was kind of like, well, I don't know if there's any coming back from this. And it sure feels like, feels like things are different. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Okay, Pastor Sean, it is showtime. We're so grateful to have uh, Alan Parker in the house. Well, we're here with Alan Parker, pro-life attorney, president of the Justice Foundation and Operation Outcry. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Pastor, for having me on. Well, the occasion, the reason we really want to talk to you is we just recently, uh, we recognized the anniversary, the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade on January 22nd. And you've spent a whole lot of your professional career working to overturn Roe v. Wade. That's right. And I mourn on that day for another million children who are killed each year. Mm. And I began 22 years ago when I had the opportunity to represent Norma McCorvey, who was the Roe of Roe v. Wade, and Sandra Kano, who was the Doe of Doe v. Bolton, the two cases that brought abortion to America. Mm. And I got to represent both women 
who by that time wanted to reverse their own cases, just like we are all asking the Supreme Court to reverse those cases today. Wow. Was this the Justice Foundation? You yes. Were, that's what you were doing. They literally had regrets for being part of those initial cases, and they wanted to sue to overturn. Is that how that went? Or tell us about that. Yes. Uh, Norma McCorvey, who was the Roe of Roe v. Wade, the better known case, actually wanted an abortion. She was pregnant with a third child, but it only takes nine months to have a baby. It takes three years to get to the Supreme Court and reverse the right. case. So the baby was born. The case was over. It was moot legally. Right. She wanted a relief from child. She placed that child for adoption. So the case should have been over. The Supreme Court created a brand new doctrine called capable of repetition yet evading review. They made up a special law for her. Mm. Now, she worked in the abortion clinic, and that's when she began to see the reality of abortion, mm. not the beautiful theory that it should be between a woman and her doctor, <laughs> whom women never really see in most abortions. Um, and she then gave her life to Jesus Christ. Her conscience began to bother her, a young girl who was sidewalk counselor's child. Mm. In fact, uh, Operation Rescue moved in right next door to her clinic, and it was a hellcat, to use Norma's own words, <laughs> against the Bible thumpers, you know. But love won the day. Yeah. She wrote a book called One by Love uh, describing that. And she went, the little girl heard Norma say, Miss Norma, uh, Norma told somebody to go to hell. And she said, Miss Norma, you don't want to do that. Nobody should go to hell. Mm. And we believe that with all our heart. Um, and Norma just pushed it off. She went to church. She heard John three sixteen, and she gave her life to Christ. Went down and got baptized in a public swimming pool on ABC News in about 1995. Now, Sandra's case was radically different. She was a case of attempted forced abortion. And once you make abortion legal, it allows other people to force a woman to have an abortion against her will, but to meet their needs. Hmm. Let me tell you the three most common kinds, which we fight against today right. because forced abortion is illegal in every state. And that is, number one, adult parents or the parents of the, the boy's parents forcing a minor girl to get an abortion against her will. And uh, it's illegal to force even a teenager to have an abortion if she wants to keep the baby. Right. The, the Supreme Court extended Roe v. Wade in a case called Bilotti v. Baird, to teenagers. So number two is the male forcing a woman to abort his child because he doesn't want a child. Right. She may be happy that, they're pre that she's pregnant with his baby. He says, I don't want that baby. I don't care what you say. You're getting an abortion. Right. And then the third is human trafficking and prostitution. Mm. So because of Roe v. Wade and Doe, voluntary abortion is legal in all 50 states, but involuntary abortion is illegal in all 50 states, illegal against right. the law. Right. Just think at the basic level, you have to have the consent of the patient to do a surgery. Sure, Otherwise, it's a battery. Yeah. So uh, we have a center against forced abortion, and I learned about all this, and everything I know today, and I'm talking about abortion, came from women hurt by abortion. Because in the year 2000, I went to my first March for Life, which we just had uh, hundreds of thousand people in D.C. and millions around the country. There was right. one in San Antonio. Right. But at the March for Life, I met Norma. I said, I think you're going to be involved in overturning Roe v. Wade. She said, kind of, that's what I live for. I'd been thinking about it. We were asked to represent Norma and Sandra in a forced abortion case where a 16-year-old girl had been uh, forced into having an abortion by her parents. Mm. And um, 
the abortionist didn't ask if she was being forced. He didn't get voluntary consent. So on the way back from that, when I was in the Dallas airport, it hit me that Norma and Sandra could file their own motions themselves to reverse their own cases. I prayed for about 30 days, Lord, do you really want me to do this? And the Lord, through a long series of circumstances, led me to a scripture I wasn't looking for, Isaiah 28, 14 to 22. So he says, Thus saith the Lord to the mocking judges who rule my people in Jerusalem. Mm. So the ruling class, he says, Behold, you've made a covenant with death. You've made an agreement with the grave. You don't think the overwhelming scourge will cover you because you've covered yourself with fraud and deception. Yeah. Then he says, Behold, I'm laying a stone in Zion. That's Jesus. Then he says, I will make justice the measuring line, righteousness the plumb line, Hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and waters will overflow the secret place, Mm. and your covenant with death will be annulled. The agreement with the grave will not stand. Wow. And I was saying, Lord, do you want me to do this? And I said, yes, these cases are covenant with death, agreements with the grave, and you're saying you're going to do it. Because the last thing about the Scripture, I'd been saying, God, nobody can break through the stronghold of abortion. I can't do it. Nobody can. And in there it says, he goes on to say, for I, the Lord, will rise up as at Mount Perizim. I'll be stirred up as in the Valley of Gibeon to do my amazing, extraordinary, unusual alien work. Yeah. And Mount Perizim means the Lord, the master of breakthroughs. Mm. So he's telling me, okay, I'm the Lord, the master of breakthrough. I'm going to break through. And what's funny, Alan, Baron and I were talking a little bit before you got here about, he asked me, did I think that we would be moving closer to overturning Roe v. Wade? And I... You know, I, I shared with them, as a pastor and a man of faith, all things are possible with God. I believe anything's possible. However, in the natural, I just, I couldn't see it. And recently, more recently, some things have started to happen and to break, and it feels different. Well, let me tell you. So he said he would do his amazing, unusual thing. Let me just sort of hit some of them that lead us up to this point where your listeners may not know, but it's been very big news. On, on December 1st, the Supreme Court heard oral argument in the Dobbs case, which was a Mississippi ban on late-term abortion after 15 weeks. But the question is whether the Constitution bans all pre-viability bans on abortion. Right. Can you stop it? So they, they literally are considering should Roe v. Wade be reversed. And three years ago, most people, lots of people came to say to me, do you really think it can be reversed? Right. And I say yes, and, and I sort of have some special reasons, but everybody today thinks it could happen. Yeah. It could happen. Yeah, it feels like it could. The Texas law seems to have had some – I mean, I when when they upheld the Texas uh, – the heartbeat bill, yes. as we know it, you know, yes. um, that seemed to take a huge step. See, and let me go back to what I said earlier at the beginning about they, they the special protection of abortion has been eliminated because mm-hmm. – the Supreme Court didn't rule that that's a constitutional law. They just said, under proper procedure, nobody sued you yet. You can't make those arguments. You right. wait till somebody sues you. They gave it normal civil procedure. Right. And that's unusual and amazing. Hasn't happened in 48 years. Wow. And the, some other amazing things. So Norma and Sandra are the first two women or the first two people in American history who won landmark Supreme Court decisions who went back to the Supreme Court and asked them to reverse it. Mm. And I believe when they reverse it, they'll put a footnote or in the main argument, by the way, the two women whose cases we're reversing today 
officially asked us to do so. Mm-hmm. The court yep. didn't take their case at one point, but now they are. Then you talk about the election of Donald Trump, whatever you think about him, was the most amazing, unusual, and alien political th- event <laughs> in American history. Some people still think he's an alien. Uh, but, you know, I th- he was the most pro-life president in history. Yeah. He said, I'm going to get three justices. I'll appoint them. They'll reverse Roe v. Wade. Now, that's not where they're going to do it. The law says it should be reversed, and I'll go into that. But... He got three judges in right. the first term. Right. That's amazing. That is amazing. Unusual. And then to get Kat Gorsuch on the court, it took the uh, the nuclear option. Remember that? To break the filibuster rules for Supreme Court nominees. Mm. And then Kavanaugh went through the hearing from hell, and Justice <laughs> Ginsburg had to die towards the end of his term. And in relative ease, Amy Coney Barrett got on that court. Yeah. So we have six judges who think – probably that Roe was wrongly decided. Even liberal commentators, Lawrence Tribe, if anybody recognizes mm. that name, very common big liberal commentator, said Roe was wrong didn't what it wasn't proper law. They may agree with the result, but it wasn't done the right way. And there was no there's nothing in the Constitution that says there's a right to abortion. Right. So legally, why should Roe v. Wade be reversed today? And I hope everybody can remember these three reasons, and you can even say them in one sentence. I'll say the sentence first. Why would we continue something that's a crime against humanity because you're killing infant life? It causes devastating psychological consequences to women, as the court has admitted, and there's a brand-new, better alternative for women called the Safe Haven Law, where she can relinquish her baby to a hospital or fire station within up to 60 days after birth to Texas, and she's free. Mm. So the woman can be free from an unwanted child. She doesn't have to parent it, but it doesn't kill the baby. It doesn't hurt the woman, and it's mercy for everyone involved. And will that mean they're going to have 60,000 Texas children in foster care? No. There's 1 to 2 million women every year waiting to adopt newborn yep. children. Yep. It's a biological fact. You can find it on the government website. Everything I'm just said, you can find safe haven laws on websites. There's no And that's all fifty states. All fifty states. Even New York and California. Mm. So it's free, unlike abortion. Right, right, right. It's equally available to the rich and the poor. And it's much more accessible. Safe haven law a woman can bring a baby to like a hospital, fire station, some public service safe place. And literally bring the baby and say, I can't care for this baby. And the baby will go into state custody? That's right, exactly. And then I believe if when abortion is banned completely, then there will be more. Some women will choose to keep the baby. In fact, one of the reasons women say I need an abortion is because if I kept the baby, I'd be too attached to it. The problem with that mm-hmm. logic is they become attached to the baby as soon as the baby is conceived. Yeah. This This biological process, which I believe was designed by God, but... You believe in evolution, we're designed to protect our species. These processes begin where mothers are connected to their children. Mm. And the abortion industry says, I'm quoting one of the women, 10 minutes, you'll never have to think about it again. And she said, that's a lie. I haven't not (laughs) thought about my child a day the rest of my life. So the things that women think they'll uh, suffer if they have adoption they actually happen with abortion. Like, when? where's my baby now? Or the, the woman knows her due date as soon as they kind of tell her I'm pregnant. Oh, right. and can I keep this baby or not? So then every year around the anniversary of the due date, oh, my baby would be another year older now. Yes. It's terrible. And 
And the Supreme Court has admitted in 1992 in Planned Parenthood v. Casey that abortion causes devastating psychological consequences. And the Lord told us to collect the testimonies of women in the year 2000. Mm. That became Operation Outcry, which is women, and we urge that they get healing first. But if you're a woman and you've been hurt by abortion, the Supreme Court needs to know. The lie is... Ten minutes, you'll never have to think about it. Yep. And if you've been yep. suffering in silence for years, April is Abortion Recovery Awareness Month. And if there are any pastors listening to me, we want to make this the greatest April is Abortion Recovery Awareness Month in American history. Mm. Uh, because there are millions of women out there and men suffering in silence, even in churches. I'll tell you, Pastor, the Lord told me to collect the testimonies. He finally convinced me I should do it. So then I said, where, where am I going to find these people? And in my first Sunday school class in a community Bible church right here in San Antonio, I don't think they'd mind telling me, uh, there were 21 people in my class. Three women came up afterwards and said, we'll give you our stories. Abortion devastated us. And they were the first witnesses. And in this Mississippi case, we put in 4,728 legally admissible written testimonies of the devastation that abortion causes women. Oh, yeah. And so pray that the Supreme Court read those testimonies. Yes. Anybody who works with people knows that. If you've, if you've talked to women and they carry this sense of guilt, they carry this, we have a ministry that we've done here at River City where we walk a group of ladies through that, through some processing, through a forgiveness process, and then actually allow them to have a, a memorial service for their child, a proper memorial service to, to bring some closure because they realized this was not what I was sold and it is not the way it was told to me. That's right. And we all grieve a death of someone we know or a loved one. And, and the women feel that. In fact, even Texas Monthly once followed a woman through the process and at the end of the abortion, she's crying and they admitted that and she asked the baby to forgive her. Now, if it's just a mass of tissue, yeah. why are you asking it to forgive right. you? Never done that after an appendectomy. No, right? no. It's not a piece of tissue. No. And, and when, there's an, we all know that as a society. Right. That's why it's a crime against humanity and the Supreme Court. And Amy Co Justice Barrett asked about this safe haven law in the oral argument. Mm. So it shows that she's thinking about it. And, Excellent. And I want to give credit to God because he told me to collect those testimonies yeah. and he called us to do this. Uh, another incredible brief that God brought to us in the Mississippi case, we represented the first formerly frozen human embryo to file an amicus brief at the Supreme Court. Mm. She appeared through her brief through her by her lawyers, uh, Hannah S., and she's, uh, she was, we're all former frozen embryo, no, former embryos. Right. <laughs> but she was frozen for two years and then placed into another woman's womb uh, and then born alive and alive today, 22 years old. But that proved that even under Roe v. Wade in 1973, the court said the states are free to ban abortion after viability when the child is able to live outside the mother's womb, albeit with artificial aid. Mm-hmm. So it, back then, that would have been about 24 weeks. Right. But today, in fact, five years after Roe, and under the law of precedent, when science changes, the law changes. Mm -hmm. So today, Hannah is living proof. Uh, her first picture we put in the brief, her first baby picture was at, as a three, at about three cells. Uh, and also, they can tell the sex. At, oh, yeah. Uh, in the Petri dish. No visible attributes of maleness or females. 
And it's there from fertilization. Yeah. It is, scientifically. How has, how has technology changed the conversation? Because all of our grandkids, one of the things we did for our children and their spouses is we paid for a 3D sonogram. Which, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. That's one of the most amazing things in the world. Every abortion clinic should have one of these, right? If, or, you know, I, you know they, there are states that require them to do that, and they, they sue to not let the woman have the information. They claim you're raping a woman, but the, <laughs> no, because you have to maybe put a transvaginal inducer in there to see. But that is required as a medical right, so the doctor can tell whether there's like two babies or three babies, or if they're healthy. If they've already died, then you... You don't, you're not doing an abortion. You're just doing a DNC. This was just like a regular sonogram. There was yes. no, it was not invasive. It was a little family room. We were all in there. You know, my daughter and my, or, and my daughter-in-law, it, respectively, when they did it, it was just a regular scanner. But it's, you're seeing literally this 3D sonogram. That's your baby. I mean, you can tell what they look like. You can see family resemblances. It's amazing. They're no, hey, wait a minute. That's grandma's nose right there. And you know what the court said in 1973? At this state in the development of man's knowledgement, we cannot speculate as to when life begins. So I believe when the court reverses Roe v. Wade, they'll say, we now know it hurts women. Norma and Sandra asked us to reverse their cases, the two women who brought the cases. Science now shows through DNA testing, through sonograms that you just mentioned, and through in vitro fertilization that it's a human being for the moment of conception. And now the last thing that killed us in 1992 was what the law calls the reliance interest. Mm. If something's wrong, but it's just a little bit wrong, and people have come to rely upon it, stability is an important factor in the law. Mm. But now... In fact, that killed us in 1992 in Casey when five judges on the day of oral argument or afterwards, right after the argument, voted to reverse Roe v. Wade. But then in the months that followed, Justice Kennedy switched his vote Mm. and he said women have come to rely upon it. So what can women do today? We all want to help women. We all want compassion for for women in difficult circumstances. I represent... Thousands of women who some were forced, but some chose uh, to have abortion. And so now we can say, don't kill the baby. Please right. don't hurt right. yourself. Give us the baby through society, and we'll give it to the vetted families who are waiting to adopt newborn yeah. children. And there's so many. Um, we work with the Pregnancy Care Center here in town. Uh, Dave McCall, the director, is a friend. And they, they do such a great job of connecting people and helping women who make the choice to keep their babies or to even adopt their babies, to bring their babies to term and then adopt them. And so there are so many options. What can our listeners do to help the fight? Because what you've told us is, man, we've made incredible progress, but we're not there yet. What that's, can we do? That's right. And as Christians, we know that we can pray. And the Lord hears our prayers. God is a God of justice. God hates the shedding of innocent blood, but praise God that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for us and overcomes our sin. Abortion is not the unforgivable sin. If you've had an abortion, uh, go to thejusticefoundation.org or call this church and find out about that abortion recovery program. It's there. There's forgiveness. But we need to be praying. God hates the shedding of his blood. We don't want anyone killed, and we don't want any women with devastating psychological consequences. Pray every day. When I pray for my children, I tell, Lord, I'm including the in, uh, the children in the womb mm. with my children. Pray till June 30th. Uh, the court could do something in April, May, but it'll probably be June. Every day, someone on the court is thinking about abortion. 
Mm. I can believe that. They, they're writing opinions. They then share the drafts, and there's both inside and outside kind of psychological pressure on the court. Right. The briefs are done. And here's a miracle, praise God. Uh, the pro-life side did 80 briefs, of which the Justice Foundation did four, compared to 50 briefs on the other side. And Excellent. That, that's the first time we've ever outnumbered them. Excellent. And we outnumbered them in front of the Supreme Court on the day of oral argument. A thousand students and about twenty buses came from Liberty University. Really, and we out and it was beautiful. I was there for the oral arguments uh, day, and uh, to see those college students come, the future of America can be bright. There are many mm. young Christians who are, and I say to families, be fruitful and multiply. That's a biblical command that's still in existence. Uh, my greatest regret in life was only having three children, mm. and. Uh, my wife and I became convicted of that and took some surgical steps to try to reverse what we had done mm. surgically. So that's a great uh, a great regret. I'm getting older in life, and I think most people, when they look back on their life, their family is the most important part yeah, of their life. Yeah, exactly. Well, Alan, thank you. How can we find out more about the Justice Foundation? Go to thejusticefoundation.org, and you can do three things. You can give your testimony, and we'll protect your identity and then you can sign the moral outcry petition asking the Supreme Court to reverse Roe v. Wade. And you can get free legal materials. Everything we do is free on how to stop forced abortion. Yeah. And high schoolers can do it. Mm. They, if they hear Sally's mom, and she's pregnant, and her parents are fortunate to have an abortion, get our Dear Parent letter and either have you or your pastor or the school counselor mm-hmm. uh, get it to that the parents. That letter stops about 95% of forced abortions. Wow. Well. Alan, thank you so much. We appreciate you being with us. It was awesome, man. I feel like we just got a whole kind of tutorial on the history of Roe v. Wade and the possible overturning. So we're going to be praying to that effect. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, Pastor Sean, what a conversation. Yeah, man. That was one of the easiest interviews I've ever done. (laughs) You just just go, man, tell us the history, and boom. Boom. Well, he's been so involved in it. He's been so much a part Mm -hmm. of this fight to overturn Roe v. Wade. And, you know, he and others who've been doing this, it seems like they're actually making serious headway. Uh, and case in point of don't give up the fight. Yeah. have been doing it for so long. Yeah. Well, so continue to pray. Yeah. Hey, thank you for listening to today's program. Please be praying for the Justice Foundation and others. Uh, let's just pray that the Lord continues to move this ball down the field and we could see a million babies a year saved. And uh, that is something that's worth our prayer, financial support, and just in every way that we can be a part of that. Hey, thanks for listening. God bless you. I hope you have an outstanding week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.